Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. John and I are going to be continuing our albums of 1994. Uh, we decided to split it because we're going more than 10 this time, and I think that's the way it's going to be from now on, because it's going to get harder and harder. Uh, probably, <laughs> I would say probably about 2010 is where it's going to go back down to maybe 5, because <laughs> I don't know any new albums at all. <laughs> but, um, so uh, John's going to start us off on, what, what are we on anyway? Like number 7, right? We're doing 14 for us? yeah. Wait, how many are we doing an episode? Once? Uh, no, we're uh, doing twelve an episode. Yeah, it's twelve. It's twelve in total. Six, uh, six last time, six this time. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so my first up for this show is Caius, and welcome to Sky Valley. I have heard of this band. It was always in my peripheral, but I never knew what kind of band they were. I never knew what they sang, and this is my jam. I was extremely pleased to discover a new band. Well, the thing is, I. I had actually learned of Kindness because of a little bootleg. Um, they do a cover of the song Demon Cleaner, which is off this album, with the uh, bassist Scott Reader. Mm -hmm. And it's a hell of a cover, especially when I went back and listened to the original song and just going, crap, this is amazing. And yeah, th basically, this album is like, it's wonderful, sludgy stoner rock. It's like, if Led Zeppelin and Fish had a baby. Yeah, it's not grunge. It is it's not classified as grunge, but it's not really classified with really anything at the time. Is there any band that's similar to them in this era? That I can think of, no. That's, that's just it. It's, it's very much its own kind of thing. Because, yeah, you have all... You, you're coming out of the era of grunge already. Wow, only 94. I know. It really seems like it lasted forever, but it's really only three or four years. Yeah, and it's like we're kind of coming out of that, and in some ways, sure. Uh, it, some of it kind of, you can, if you like grunge, you'll like this. But if you like Queens of the Stone Age, you'll like this because the guy from uh, Queen, uh, from Caius, uh, he's the guitarist and the singer, went and formed Queens. So. Okay. But it's, uh, yeah, it, this is just one of those things where I'm glad I just kind of randomly stumbled in on it. And, you know, because as far as I know, I don't think I've ever seen a music video from them. It's not like they were huge, you know, huge MTV, you know, darlings at the time that I was watching. Right. I don't even know if they are even signed to a major label, were they? Uh, not really, no. It wasn't, it wasn't like indie, like they were not a indie thing, but, you know, it's one of those, the main label has the sub-label that has a sub-label sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is a fucking jam, and I love it. You know, normally we go through our list of the albums that almost made it, and I just realized I threw away that piece of paper. <laughs> I remember a few, if you want to go into that. Uh, Cheap Tricks, uh, Woke Up With A Monster, Almost Made It. I, I struggled. I almost put this on here. Um, um, shit. I can't remember. There was a, I had like 30 albums on my list. Uh, do you remember anything that was supposed to make it that uh, didn't? Uh, for me, I do have I do have some ones for me because I was going to do Wars, This Toilet Earth. Uh, almost. This was so much... So close to being done, but uh, Rollins' band Wait was almost on here. Mm -hmm. uh, the Meat Puppets Too High to Die. Yeah, that almost made mine. Uh, Pig Faces Neat uh, Notes from the Underground. Okay, Pig uh, Face, tell me, 
I is this the band where the guy had nerd glasses and two microphones taped together? Uh, I don't know at this era. Is Pigface the one, or is that the band that's saying uh, hips, tips, hips, tits, lips, power? Yes, that's that. Fuck. Band. Okay, so I used to get a tape every month, and I think we've discussed this before, where uh, you would subscribe to the service where you would get VHS tapes loaded with 12 music videos based on the genre. You know, I got like one hip-hop, and I got one heavy metal, but then I got just mostly alternative. And one of them had Money Mighty Boss Tones uh, on there, uh, Vince Neil, uh, Pig Face. Whatever the tape was, it had Pig Face. Right before that is the video where this nerdy guy, he's like in almost a hardcore band, like Helmet, and he had nerd glasses and a fucking like office, you know, suit, uh, a shirt and tie, and uh, he had two microphones that were taped together in the middle, you know, so he could flip the microphone around, spin it around or whatever, and sing in each end. And it's going to drive me goddamn nuts. It's been almost 30 years since I saw this tape, and I want to know who the goddamn band is. Well, that, uh, we can eventually find it, I'm sure. So I just kept searching. I have searched. I have literally typed in that. It's called Your Music Monthly. And I've gone through so many of those trying to find it. I, it's, it's go, I, I, I will smooch whoever finds this for me, this information. I will travel to you, smooch you on the cheek. <laughs> It'll be worth it. Let's see. A couple of other ones. Uh, the Crow soundtrack. Yes. See, I was curious if we're ever going to include soundtracks or we're going to do one episode about our top ten favorite soundtracks of all time. That, I think we might, might have to do it that way. Because, okay. Yeah, because I... I hesitate to do that, but considering that the Crow soundtrack is really fundamental to the building of me as a music listener, uh, it, it felt like I should have included it, but I didn't. Yeah, I was really tortured on that one. I, I thought about asking him, for some reason I just forgot. Let's see, Godflesh is selfless, MC 90, 900 Foot Jesus, One Step Ahead of the Spider, uh, Collected Souls, Hit... Hints, allegations, and things left unsaid. Yeah, I almost did that one as well. And uh, massive attacks protection. <sighs> yeah, I just I, I wish I would stop throwing away. I have a notebook, and I'm always trying to clear it out. And I always just like two months in a row now, or two uh, years in a row now, where I've done this, where I threw away my almost made it list, and I feel like a dickhead. So sorry. Yeah, these are all just on my notes. <laughs> yeah, I had tons of hip hop on there, and just for some reason. This year, hip hop really did not connect with me. I I feel like this like this is the year where they started diving headlong into like gangster rap, which is my least favorite genre. Uh, you know when Dre and Snoop and all those guys started taking over. But uh, one holdover from the previous era, like just as gangster rap was starting to break out in '89 or '88 or '89 or whatever, uh, you know Public Enemy really broke out. And this is I think their last great album. I haven't listened to any of the more recent ones. But music in our mess age is one of their only, I think it's their only um, uh, concept albums. And yes, it's a little messy, but I think the point they're trying to bring across, the stories that they're telling, and the overall theme I thought was really trying to push what they were doing into a, a better area. I just wish the songs were, I think, a little bit catchier. Um, but that can be yeah. a double-edged sword because if your song has too many of the same repeated loops and hooks, um, that also can seem generic. Yeah, it's it's. A, I think it's a good album. Uh, you know, give it up. What side you on? God's complex are all 
really sick, and I, I really appreciate them. But yeah, it is kind of, they just kind of go into a decline. Uh, the most recent album is amazing, the one that came out, I think, two years ago. Okay, point. so you remember he went and did an album with the guys from uh, Rage Against the Machine, like, what, five years ago, six years ago? No, that's that's also like uh, like two, you know, two maybe three at the most years ago. Oh uh, wow, okay. But yeah, it just seems like I thought they were done because there's a point where Flavor Flav just kind of disconnected, I think, as an artist and just became like one of those uh, reality TV stars. And I think that was kind of a a breaking point between him and Chuck D. Yeah, yeah, and and for the most part, it's. There is an album in in the period between this and uh, and the more recent one. I want to say it's like two albums prior to our newest one. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, for, you know, whatever reason. Okay. But, but that one was really good too. It, like it has a track with uh, Tom Morello, and uh, it kicks off with uh, Henry Rollins doing an intro for the song. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think so. For this for this era, though, I do believe this is the last of the great albums. I know they had a hit single off of "He Got Game," but I I feel like the edge was off by that, and then I just got distracted and started listening to different hip hop. Yeah, it's it's not my favorite album of theirs, but I do think it is. It's still pretty solid. Yeah, oh no, "Fear of a Black Planet" is still their greatest album, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. What is uh, your next album? The next one is Corrosion of Conformities, Deliverance. I'm trying to remember if I made it through this one. This one seemed really rough to me, but go ahead. Well, it's basically Corrosion of Conformity was a punk band that became a thrash band that became a sludge metal band. Yeah, I think that's where I don't I don't like sludge metal. I don't like like when Dio started going like you know dark and grimy uh, in the late '80s. That's where he kind of loses me. I don't, uh, I, I just can't get into it. Well, it's kind of interesting. It's like, this is a blend of, like, Pantera's southern metal heaviness, like a groove metal that they do. But then there's kind of like, in a way, like the more commercial side of Tool, at least around this time, where it's, it's heavy, but there's, it's not oppressively heavy yeah no I'm wrong I'm looking at the tracks right now no 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 we there's too long of gaps I think between when I listen to these albums and when we actually talk about them I I didn't love it but I did like it I must be thinking of something else that we listened to it might have, might have been the, the next album I'll bring up uh, but yeah it's it, I think this and the previous album Blind is where they become an interesting band to listen to and from this point on yeah it's it's kind of diminishing returns after this album. Like I think, I think the next album was was pretty well received. It has some good stuff on it, but then as it kind of went along, it's just, oh yeah, you're still making music. Good for you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Deliverance, uh, Clean My Wounds, and Albatross. I mean, God, this this album fucking rips. I love it. I love it so much. You have what? what oh, I have uh, Toadie's Rubberneck. Known as a one-hit wonder, but if people forget, there was at least one other. It wasn't as big. You know, I... Uh, uh, oh, damn it. Down by the water. Okay, hold on. I'm having a moment. 
Uh, I just ran a bunch and the oxygen has left my brain. <laughs> but I think most people remember, you know, that one song, do you, you wanna die, you know, and that's it. And um, I thought they were really good. Like they're the next step from, I think what, it's like a combination of the hardcore that Helmet was doing and then the grunge era. Like it was just the next step up. It's, well, like this is a band that I don't particularly love. Uh, Possum Kingdom is is amazing and strong and it's so so good. And I genuinely thought they literally had one album because never heard of anything that they had done prior to this. Right. Well, there was a long gap, right, between albums. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Is I was reading about this and uh, basically. Interscope decided to bury them instead of promote them. Why? Uh, I have no idea. I just know that basically their second album, Interscope, like they recorded the album. And then Interscope said, eh, fuck it. And uh, just, it completely just killed it. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Like they're not happy with how the album sounds. So they said, well, go re record this. Or we're not going to release this album. And they're like, well, we can't afford it. You know, that's how they go horribly in debt. You hear it all the time. Yeah, it's like, and that's the thing. They went and re-recorded another second album. And then your stuff just went, fuck this. And <laughs> just basically made everything so difficult for them that they, yeah, they broke up. Yeah, it sucks. But I know that was the like, way it would filter, right? It took them like six years to get a second album going because... The label didn't. Oh, but this isn't a single. This isn't a single. This isn't a single. Go find a single. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, and that's that is kind of the, the problem, especially at this time. Is everything is very single driven. Yeah. Well, what was that the second album from Third Base? Pop goes the weasel. The one single they had was not on the fine on the on the original uh, uh, whatever they released to the studio to label whatever for them to listen to and they're like well we need a hit single and I'm like well I, what what do you want us to do and they're like well you go find a you know a sample that's popular you know a sledgehammer and then they just like recorded that real quickly and threw it on the album at the last minute and that turned out to be the single same thing with what was it cherry pie from warrant they didn't even want that song on the album no it's it's a ridiculous dumb thing and yeah. they were kind of forced to uh to become the band that Place cherry pie because what the hell else did Warren do? Right. Well, you know, uh, I've become a huge fan of Cheap Trick over the last six months, and uh, their big comeback song, The Flame, the only song they ever had hit number one, they didn't write. They wanted nothing to do with, but the studio said, You either do this or we're releasing you from your contract. That fucking blows. Yeah. But, um. Don't be, don't but, be a fan of uh, under a popular label. I didn't realize the song that I know the most from the Toadies, besides besides uh, Possum King, on which I bet you guaranteed maybe five percent of the people who like this song actually know it's called Possum Kingdom. It's like Flagpole yeah. Sitta, you know, from Harvey Danger. They don't know it's called that. They're like, uh, isn't that the paranoid, paranoid song? Well, this was uh, Do You Want to Die song, you know, that kind of thing. But um, the other song I really know very well is I Come from the Water, which for some reason my brain couldn't remember the name. But it wasn't a single. I looked right now. It was never released, and that should have been their second single. I think it's really catchy. Yeah, God, what is it? There's, there is another song on there that I really love, and I don't have it written down. To yeah. Well, it's not particularly a single-oriented album, nor is it a single-oriented band. They're thematic, like Tool is. Uh, Tool just got lucky that some of their stuff could be sold as a single. They're, they're trying to bring 
a whole album feel like the way it was in the 70s where you're just trying to get a whole feel you know with prog rock yeah oh yeah and that's as I said that's the problem with this era is that people were thinking of oh yeah let's we need to sell sell the single get the piecemeal out get a video going so that we can sell these albums but we can also get get a set an additional cassette or CD into kids hands with remixes and yeah. Oh God damn those those uh what's the the filter song? Uh, hey man, nice shot. I searched everywhere for the single uh because it had four different remixes on it. And there was one that I was looking for so bad. I paid ten bucks for that single. Ten dollars. <laughs> Cause I'm an idiot. Hey, I had I had the the uh, the Orgy Blue Monday single that had all the remixes, and it ended up being that all the remixes sucked. Oh, that's, that's lame. <laughs> all right. Well, what is your next album? Okay, therapy. Question mark. And the album Trouble Gum. Now this is the one that uh, I would I think you may not have liked. Nope. Yes. Sorry. Because they basically this is their best no album. Uh, they were really like a hardcore noise rock band, like old school uh, Godflesh and old pitch pitch shifter and stuff like that where it's just loud abrasive noise and then this album kind of goes into a little more hard rock kind of punk direction and I really wonder why I hadn't sought these people out at the time I was really into noise because 100% this would have been something I would have cranked up on my car stereo and uh, annoyed everybody around me. <laughs> but it's uh, there's scream major trigger inside, die laughing, like especially scream major. That's that's like the as far as I know, they didn't. This wasn't necessarily a single released album, but uh, scream major is one hundred percent like the single from this. But I'm kind of still kind of bad. I feel bad that you didn't like it, but I'm not surprised. Hey, it, it happens. That's We talked about this, I think, in the last episode. Like, it's not necessarily to woo each other over. <laughs> There's going to be some, like, meh, meh, what works for you doesn't work for me kind of thing. Well, I mean, come on. I sat there, and as much as I sung the praises of the Blue Album, I also went to a little ink shit on Wish. <laughs> yeah, you know, my next album, I think, you, if you like it, I'll be shocked, because as I'm writing it down, I'm like, he's going to be fucking pissed. But, um... <laughs> Dave Matthews, Under the Table, and Dreaming. It, a lot of it is nostalgia. We listened to this like crazy uh, that freshman year of college. Same thing with Hootie. Same thing with, uh, like, Cap no, I, I hated Counting Crows. My sister listened to Counting Crows all the time. Uh, like, Jim Blossoms. Like, there was a thing where you... See, I was really into, like... I was just coming out of my big rap thing. Because we're, we're always listening to rap in the car because my friends all listen to it. Or metal. But then in college, you're, like, trying to expand your listening or whatever, and you're hanging out with girls more, you know, and, like, in their in their dorm rooms or whatever. So you listen to a lot of this, and you kind of just, like, you know what? It's a nice, chill album. I know some people fucking hate Dave Matthews. The first two albums, I think, are completely fine. Well, I think where my dislike of uh, Dave Matthews' band comes from is you couldn't escape crashing. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. If a lot of it is people hatred when you can't get away from a band. Yeah, it's like it, I don't think it's that particularly good of a song, but it's not as shitty as say Wonderwall, <laughs> which I like. You know, 
which I'm still inundated with. I fucking hate Oasis to please, please, please don't make me listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll but, try to skip it in 96 or 95 or whatever. But, uh, you know, famili- familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. And, and so it's like, I, I did go into this wanting to give it a fair shake. You know, it's, it's been a while since I've heard her Dave uh, DMB. Dork. And, uh, and <laughs> I, I didn't realize I had heard what, what would you say and Ants Marching. Yeah, uh, what would you say is probably my favorite of it. He has a very unusual way of singing, too, which I think can be irritating. He's like a Jack Johnson kind of voice. Yeah, it's like I, I was kind of surprised that those were songs off this album. And, you know, I do kind of like Ants Marching. All right, and Trippin' Billy's is on this one, too, right? I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was. It wasn't like a revelation that I was totally wrong about them. Uh huh. But, but I didn't have a bad time. Okay. Um. I just remembered some uh, rap albums earlier that almost made a list. Okay. So Nas almost made the list. Biggie and uh, Warren G. But they're just not. They're almost good enough to make it. Okay. Well, it, it would have been interesting to listen to Nas again. Uh, all right, your turn. All right, bad religions, stranger than fiction. Now, at this point, uh, these the albums that are on this list that'll be here are kind of where my gateway into punk was, and bad religion, and then again another band that we'll be talking about were kind of the second steps to this. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, my family hosted a German exchange student, and he was a big punk fan. I mean, like, not a huge, he wasn't like, you know, Mohawk or anything like that. He was, you know, quote unquote, normal looking, but he had a huge appreciation and he shared a ton of his punk albums. So it's this, the Grey Race, uh, were very, you know, like, as, as I'm really developing my music taste in high school, you know, that helped out, plus, you know, listening to K-Rock in, from L.A. a lot really kind of cemented that because, you know, wow, this is a this is a hell of an album. Just re-listening to it after after quite a few years. Yeah, I've only ever listened to a couple songs from them, and I was all the way in. This is, this is that year of uh, punk revival, but everybody talks about Offspring, Green Day, and um, shit. Uh, 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 Rancid. Thank you, Rancid. Um, but they never mentioned Bad Religion. Yeah, which is kind of a shame because they had some, and I almost had some of these uh, albums on, you know, that we would, would have listened to because Against the Grain, No Control, both are fantastic albums. And this, like their first uh, official release on a major label, is their best. I mean, Suffer maybe is a contender for that title, but. Uh, you know, the other two albums I mentioned are just, you know, as again, you could say any of those and I would agree with you. Yeah. But, you know, you got Infected on this album, the title track, television, you know, it's like, shit, there's a re-recording of a 21st Century Digital Boy, which is amazing. Like, that's like the, the one big single from that one. That's cool. Uh, Infect, Infected was the big single from this one. Oh. Uh, 21st Century was actually off against the grain. Oh, okay, gotcha, sorry. But it, it was being re-recorded, it went back into the into the uh, culture, and we all kind of got reminded of how fucking good that song is. 
But yeah, this is one of the the punk albums that got me to want to listen to punk. Mm-hmm. So, what is your next one? Uh, my next one is Megadeth Euthanasia. I almost as good as uh, uh, boy, I'm having a day, aren't I? Eve of Destruction, no. Symphony of Destruction. Oh, Symphony. Yeah, but. Well, it's count, count, well, Countdown to Extinction is the album. Oh, Countdown to Extinction. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed. You know what? I'm going to quit. I'll go get a new co host to work with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, I, I'll say this. This is an album that I feel is kind of like So Far So Good, So What that we covered before. Uh huh. Where, where it's a good album, but it's sandwiched in between better albums what's the one and after this have, again uh well it's countdown and then the one that came out after this is cryptic writing now that's the one with trust right it's the one with trust okay yeah which i i can i will even step back from saying great albums by going i get it cryptic writings is a very commercial album right well i mean that's when they were trying to do uh, what Metallica was succeeding with, even though I know some people hate it, is when they went, like, you know, cut off the hair and they went a little more grungy than metal uh, with uh, uh, S&M. And, uh... Load? Load? God damn, I'm... Seriously! Fucking fire me! Fire me! <laughs> but, but, yeah. I don't think this is... There's nothing really bad about this album. No. But I don't think it's also... I mean, you got... Truly, like, you know... Uh, Atul Lamont and oh shoot, what's the other one that's really fucking good off this album? Well, you're fired too. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's like I think two really good songs off this. Well, I'm a oh, huge fan of Blood of Heroes, which no one ever talks about. Blood of Heroes and The Killing Road, I think, are two that should have been singles after this, and they didn't. They only released Train of Consequences and La Toute Le Monde. La Toute La Toute Le Monde is a very strange one because so much of it is in French. And that's just a wild thing to do. Yeah, and that's the thing is, uh, I'm not gonna go too personally on this, but that song has a lot more resonance with uh, me and, and my family. Uh huh. Last recent recently, dude. Uh, I'm not gonna go yeah, into yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. there's there's a lot more resonance for that song in late in more recent years than uh, anything than a lot of songs I've, I've listened to. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's a fine album. But, yeah, it's, like I said, so far, it's, it's a dark horse album in that it's like, yeah, you've got a great album before it, you got a great album after it. It's not bad, but you're not going to remember it as much as the things that surround it. Do you remember how bad things went when they did Crush Em? <laughs> what, was the, what was the 99 album, the one they did from Universal Soldier, The Return? <laughs> People were like, what is this funk uh, disco shit? <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely nothing that they've done. Even the worst of Megadeth is no, is, at least it's not their album Risk. Oh, that's it, Risk, yeah. I don't know, I don't hate that song, but I was like, okay, so that's weird. <laughs> All right, you're next. Okay. The next one is Green Day's Dookie. Which was on my list, but I decided, like, oh, okay, I can't handle... I need I need to switch things around with you so I can have more albums. Well, that was it. It's like, I had this and the, the following song as I'm not 
going to do them because I'm pretty sure you will. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, behind the scenes on this, I did ask when you when you brought that up, it's like, I specifically asked, are you going to do these albums? Because, I'm sorry, I fucked things up for you. <laughs> and, and, because, and because you kind of wanted to expand it, it's like, okay, then I will take them and I will... I will listen to them because they make me happy. Yeah. You know, is, I'm trying to remember. I had one of the albums before this. Uh, but I feel like, didn't they take some songs from the first two albums and compress them into this? I can't remember if they, they took. Uh, they, re, they redid uh, Welcome to Paradise, if I remember right. Is that the only one? That's, that's really the only one. It's like oh, okay. They really re-recorded one song. Most of the other stuff, like uh, 1039... Uh, is where is the crap? Because I, I can only think of it as one thousand thirty-nine slash smooth out slappy hours. Yeah, which yeah. Is, <laughs> which is the compilation of like the first two releases, one of which is an album and an EP. I forget which one was which. Yeah, Kerplunk was the was the album I grabbed after Dookie. Because do you remember when they were like, uh, oh, five buck bin at Target? You know, that's where you would find Kerplunk and the the one before that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I had I had all those after because of Green of Dookie. Like you know, and that's the thing is I don't give a shit if you love American Idiot, uh, you know, and it was made into a, a Broadway musical and all that shit. And I'm sure the band never imagined the success that would have came from something like that. Dookie is their best fucking album. Is it? I gotta revisit all of them, but I, it does feel like it's the one that's most single-ready. It's so funny how this was just like, it kicked the fucking doors open, just like the way Weezer did, of, okay, yeah, Grunge had us had its day, we're here to kick it in the teeth and take over, and it was only like three years later after Grunge started to break through. That's wild to me. What's funny is, like, this album really is all killer, no filler. Yeah, it's, well, punk albums tend to be a lot shorter, too. They don't fuck around. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like, everything in here hits, hits hard... There's, you know, it's... Now, yes, uh, there is the full-school punk backlash against the success of this because it is a far more commercial album than Dead Kennedys. Or yeah, Black well, I mean, people hated the Ramones for a while, too. They're too commercial. They were, they're too poppy. And now, look, out of all those punk bands, it's the Ramones that are celebrated more because they weren't so full of them fucking selves. Sometimes being, like, pretentious and artistic can just be boring you suck the fun out of it alan moore <laughs> <laughs> i just go have a good time you pretentious fuck <laughs> but, but yeah and, but you know and i'm not a particularly big fan of the pop punk genre you know which was which was invented to be an insult to bands like green day and uh is it and, yeah it was, I, it was an insult that people just kind of went took with it and it became its own genre. I, I guess. I just feel like it was just the next generation, you know, following the, the path that Green Day broke. Well, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's, it's any kind of genre that, that we think of now is always something that one band did and either a bunch of people ripped off or they decided, oh, hey, that'll, that sells records. Let's do it. Yeah, well, it just seemed like it was a bunch of middle school kids who had discovered Weezer and Green Day and stuff like that, and you know, like you know, eight years later, they finally have their own band, and that's what they're starting to do. 
is their version of what they grew up on. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I disagree with calling most of Green Day, I mean, even the stuff that I don't particularly care for, necessarily pop. And even the commercial, sure. But they still rock pretty fucking hard. Well, yeah, and I think thematically, that, that is the one big, big difference between a lot of the pop punk of the 2001, you know, 2002 era, is... It's a little more flimsy, that era. Green Day really has something to fucking say. I mean, for years, it's just like, yeah, we sound like those other guys, but we actually have more substance. Yeah, it's like, okay. I, I, I do remember, I think we may, have mentioned, we may have said something about this, so I'm, I'll feel bad if I'm insulting your, in a band that you like, but Blink-182. Yeah, I mean, they're, I don't really, I'm, I could give or take them. But they are kind of... They open the next... They're the next guys after Green Day. And they were more juvenile. They're the National Lampoon. You know, to Green Day's like SCTV. Or, or Kids in the Hall. You know, that it, it's just more of a in-your-face, not-that-complicated bullshit. Well, be more like... Uh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of like a different comedy thing. Where it's like... Oh, it's the... And I was about to say Ben Stiller show, but Ben Stiller show was actually good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's what, one of those failure TV shows that... It's Mad work? TV to Ben there Stiller. Yeah, there you go. It's... Even though they had a lot of success, yeah, it's... That's where I would go, that's weak sauce shit. Even though there, there are, like, one of two songs I like. It's like, that's weak sauce shit compared to a band that actually is a punk band that just knows how to be commercial. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's a lot about the layers. Uh, they, they, they're they complicated with their lyrics like the way Harvey Danger is. It's lyrical hopscotch is what I always... Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's a thing. I just made that up. But it's just the way the patterns of the words without really cheating and repeating too much. You know, it's, it's like you're never really certain of where the lyrics are going to go, which is the sign of a bad punk song is if you're like, well, this is... You, you just know where it's going to go. Um... But to this day, um, I had a boss at my last job who would always say, uh, do you have a time or if you have a time? And I would always go, to listen to me, whine. And then I'd just go through the, like, the next five lines and just watch as her eyes roll and <laughs> regret even saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah. As long as, as long as he knew what you're referencing, that's the important thing. <laughs> no, she was an old school. She was a metalhead, which is so weird because she was 60, but she was like, yeah, I used to go watch this Dio and, and all those bands or whatever in concert. I'm like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> she goes, I went and saw Slayer. I was like, what? <laughs> a boss of mine was friends a long time ago with Jason Newstead. Oh, wow. Like, like, like when he was in Flotsam and Jetsam and shit. Okay. <laughs> like pre, pre-Metallica, Jason Newstead. All right, so that is it for that album. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's your call. You're not done. No, no, no yeah, we're pretty good to go. Okay, sorry. I forgot I hadn't chosen that one. <laughs> um, Pearl Jam, Vitology, the last great Pearl Jam album. I think, yeah, I know Yield is respected, but I got to tell you, when I finally listened to it, I was like, oh, hmm. Okay, I guess we're done here. Like, I remember around 2009, they had, uh, what year was it with the Spin the, Spin the Black Circle? Hold on, I'm lost in the Pearl Jam albums. No, it's the it's they did a video around 2008 or 2009 where it was uh, Todd McFarlane I think animated it and I was like oh that's a comeback but there had been a long gap between Vitology and that and I just feel like they were just noodling around and 
Well, the, the Todd McFarlane video I can think of is uh, Do the Evolution. That was, I think, off the next album. Really? Yeah, because it was, uh, it's that weird, you know, it's like... Uh, it's Evolution, baby! Yeah, it's that, yeah, Do the Evolution. All right, I'm going to look it up. I want to know what year this is from, because uh, maybe I was in a coma. Because that, yeah, that would have been like 97, maybe? 97, something like that. Well, my thoughts on, on my Fuck, you're yeah. right. That was 98. God damn it. <laughs> I'll say this. I like this a lot more than Versus. Yeah, well, Versus but, became the one that me and a friend listened to all the time, so I really got into it. But it wasn't as complicated as this one. This one's more mature. They're, even they are trying to move beyond the sound that they basically you know, laid the groundwork for in 92. Uh, you know, trying to be more mature and, and realizing, like, we gotta, you know, mix it up because we're grunge is gonna burn itself out. And um, I still say, you know, Spin the Black Circle is a great rocker, but Better Man is maybe their best song ever. I really, really like Better Man. Better Man was good, and I was, I told songs where I, I will say, this, I was surprised I knew it, and I don't know, I don't remember where I knew it from, other than it's maybe, from a movie, right? Maybe, or it could have been. Just general cultural osmosis. I, I don't remember. But I that's swore one that I it was in a movie. I, I did recognize immediately. Uh, I don't think this is as good as 10. No, but, no, no, no. 10's all I the did. way around uh, like a rocker. But this one is, this one, unlike their previous albums, is a mood setter. This feels like their version of like what a Pink Floyd album would be in the, in the 90s, where they're just trying to set a tone in a mood where you just kind of chill. I definitely, I did enjoy this one quite a bit more. Jesus, this sold 5 million albums? I had no idea they were still that red hot by this point. What the fuck? What did Verse sell? I swear Verses didn't even sell anywhere near that. I'm curious. I'm going to go look right now. Uh, 7 million albums. Good lord, Pearl Jam was red. I, I Like, Stone Temple Pilots was my favorite of the grunge era, but even in 94, their, my, my favorite album of theirs only sold 2 million. But to me, that was like the biggest album in history. Wow. They dropped a lot. Their next album, Yield, only sold a million. Yeah. But then that's also, again, Grunge was dead at that point. Yeah. And oh, No Code. Like no. Him. I forgot No Code even existed. So I guess I did listen to them longer than I thought that. 98, yeah, I, I had that album too. That was 90. Yeah. Huh. But remember when they kind of climbed up their own butt? For a while, and they were kind of pretentious, and got a little bored with them. Oh yeah, well it's like that's that's sort of the sort of thing that made me not have any interest in them was like the pretentious assholeness of, of things. It's why I pretty much hate you two in general. Yeah. I mean, there's. I guess sure, Joshua Tree is a fucking jam of an album, but. What's that one? I think it was literally on my list for this year. I think it was this year, maybe the year before this, where they decided to have a little more fun, but then they even sucked more. It was uh, Zootopia or something like that. Is the one with Lemon, where they where he's wearing the giant goggles and they have like electro kind of dancey mix in their rock and roll, and it's like, oh, this sucks. Oh, Worldwide Suicide is the song I was thinking of. That's the one where it's kind of like a comeback for him. Okay. 
that one I don't like that song I don't remember yeah I remember the 2009 album they released on their own label but they signed a deal with Target that's right when I was uh, when I was working for them and one time I was doing an audit on all the stuff that they had and I found case after case after case of Backspacer and whatever that exclusive Prince album they bought and I was like, are we just going to keep these forever? I was like, yeah, that's the deal we made to have the exclusives that we had to order a minimum amount for each store and we could never return them. That's And I was like, guys, it's been years since this album came out. We're never selling these. <laughs> like, clearance them out or something. Well, yeah, at this point, at this point you probably could easily, uh, you know, $1 the Prince album. Yeah. That was like insane. I was like, guys, there's a whole row of these down here. I mean, we're sitting on maybe a 500 copies that never sold. It's what a fucking write-off. All right, your next album. All right, my final album for this show is Offspring's Smash. Almost made mine. I love this album so much. This is my senior year of high school, and I've got my truck, and I have this on a tape, and oh, God, did I wear this thing out. Yeah, this was. this is still... Uh, middle school for me and i think i think i actually heard uh self-esteem like when i was in detention but that's also like the first time i heard nirvana was <laughs> was in detention as well so <laughs> you were you yeah, a so, bad kid were you in a, uh, a lot of trouble i, I got into fights a bit oh wow while. yeah short short kid yeah, I didn't think that... I thought there was way more hits off of this, but this is another one where your perception of an album changes based on how much you listen to it, not so much the general public did. But I remember the first time listening to this tape and thinking, uh, Gotta Get Away is clearly a, a single. Like, they, they gotta release this. And when they finally did, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a hit in the making. And, and like, Come Out and Play is the one that everybody remembers. And it says there was only three singles released from this, but... To me, it was massive. It, six million albums, and you're just telling me they only had three hits. The, six million albums—the kind where you had like you know eight bangers off of this thing, like top ten songs. Well, that's that's kind of the thing. It's while this isn't their first album, this was the first album that actually gained notice. So in a way, it kind of makes sense that that it only has a small amount of singles. Yeah. Because it's oh you know surprisingly this song got airplay people like it and let's what else does this album have okay let's throw this one out yeah well i think what is this their third or fourth album they've been around for quite a while i think the first one was 89 yeah it's something like that so holy fuck off a label that i forgot even existed is epitaph still around they can't still be around can they i think it is really i I, I could be wrong but i think it is huh yeah, oh, it says they signed Weezer not that long ago, so I guess, huh. But, yeah, it, that's the thing is, it, it makes more sense that, like, the next album, and definitely the one right after that, which, you know, Americana, has, like, the everything's a single, pretty much. Right. I fucking hate. I was crazy about it at first. Uh, pretty Fly for a White Guy, I thought was so awesome. We all loved it. We got it the minute it came out. We listened to it to death. I fucking hate that song so goddamn much now well so again with that it was overplayed well, no and it's they, the it's the way he sings I think it's terrible uh-huh, uh-huh. like ah shrill bullshit <laughs> I, think, I think it's an entertaining song but if you listen to it more you know more than a couple of times in a month in a year yeah, 
Do you know that song? I think it's off the. I think it's off the next album after that. It's uh, "Get a Job." If you listen to that, it is clearly "Oblada Oblada." Oh yeah, it is one hundred percent. How they didn't get sued is beyond me. Um, or right, anything else you want to say before that album? No, uh, I will be honest with you. Your ne- your last song, uh, the last album, is gonna have has my most notes. Oh really? Okay, so uh, ubiquitous at this time for me. I listen to this all the time to the point where once my father complained <laughs> to someone else, he, he was always listening to that song or listening to that album that starts off with uh, "I'm gonna see my asshole brother." I hate that fucking thing. He's always listening to. <laughs> I didn't realize that Bush was not that successful after this. Almost all of their hits, all their notoriety, comes off of this album. Because um, the next two don't sell anywhere nearly as well, and they only have like one, maybe two songs off it. This had like six or seven, and it, yes, at the time it probably seemed exhausting, but I absolutely loved this song, uh, this album at the time, and I still, I a lot of it was nostalgia, but I still think it's really great. Um, but I'm curious about what you didn't like about it, because I get the feeling you okay. didn't. Okay, I think this is actually might have been the first album I bought solely based off the singles. Okay, and. I, you know what, I don't think I liked the album as a whole at the time, and just kind of convinced myself I liked it enough to buy the next album, which I prefer, mm-hmm. but this is a band that has fucking nonsense for lyrics. Oh, absolutely, but they're catchy as fuck, so uh, that'll suck me in, dude. I'm a, I fucking like Pauly Shore movies, so I'm not the exact person to go like, to for taste. Like, you, you bring up everything Zen, and I, I, okay, I get parts of it, like, he's a, he's adapting, like, David Bowie's life on Mars, you know, Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow. Okay, what does that mean? Dave, yeah, I still have no idea what the fuck that Dave, means. Dave's on sale again, uh, Dave as opposed to Lemon. That's, that's taken from David Bowie, so... Ask David Bowie what the fuck Batman is. Well, is it is it to say that Mickey Mouse is now a bl- well? Disney wasn't that successful. See, Mickey Mouse grows up, uh, grows up to be a cow is a lyric that would make sense over the last decade uh, as a metaphor for Disney being so bloated, you know, so overwhelmingly big that it's it's disgusting. But at the time, Disney wasn't that big, so I don't understand the seventies when when he wrote that. But then, you know, when Gavin Rosdale sings it, but he says it like four times, you're like, I, I still don't know what the fuck you mean. <laughs> Why are you yeah. saying this? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, okay, Bomb, I understand, is an anti-war song about the IRA. Uh-huh. But, but look at the lyrics and tell me what the you know, fuck is he actually saying because I don't, I'm not British. Dude, musicians are weird, especially I, the British ones. What the fuck is Dio talking? Actually, is Dio British? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I don't believe he is. Yeah, he's probably from Idaho, but whenever he sings, uh, you know, uh, uh, the tiger is clean or whatever, don't you know what I mean? And I was like, no, I don't know what you mean. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, explain it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, little things. Like, you get, you get the chorus, you know, which makes sense, and then it just kind of goes into shit like the cupboard is empty we really need food summer's winter and you always knew what the fuck does that have to do with what you're talking about (laughs) maybe it's delusion to think that summer is full is fulfilling and and winter is barren and dead 
and the person's deluding themselves when he's referring to the cabinet being full of food when it really isn't? Like, it, it, maybe it's about a parent who's neglecting their children? Maybe, but it's like, oh, you know, the course being pretty straightforward about little things tearing at your brain all the time. Yeah. Being, you know, like, like you're killing yourself with, like, the little stuff. That makes sense. Not having food? It's not a little thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it could be the little thing that's gnawing at his brain is that he can't let it go. The the stuff from childhood that's eating away at him. That won't let him move on. And you know, don't don't get me fucking started on the nonsense. It's machine head. Oh god, but that's so it's so catchy. It's so catchy, and it's a, a promotional single from a movie that's fucking nuts. Like pure unadulterated trash, highly entertaining trash, but trash. Uh, fear. And that's the thing. What's funny about this album is. All the singles off this album are the best songs off the album. Oh, Far yeah. Well, the other stuff is just filler, it seems. Like, maybe stuff that they've been working on forever, and they're just like, well, we need more tracks. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, it's like, Testosterone is straightforward, but it's yeah. not a good song. Monkey's straightforward, but not a particularly good song. In, in their second album, well, this was so successful, it carried them for, like, three years. I mean, this is 94, and Machine Head was a single in the spring of 96, so if I remember correctly, it was either Christmas in 96 or spring in 97 is when their next album came out, and he really evolved a lot uh, over those years. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's a huge difference between that between this album and Razorblade Suitcase. Yeah. It's fucking lyrically nonsense, but it's a lot more coherently lyrically nonsense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is that it? Is that all the albums? That is it. Holy shit, we finally did it. I, actually, I will give, give Bush credit for this. They went to shit after Razorblade, but they they came back after uh, you know uh, after a long break. Right, and Rosdale went off on his own, right, for a few years. Yeah, it's like the uh, the last two or th- no, at least three albums have all been really fucking good. Huh? Do you get the feeling that if we do continue this, for, I don't know how many more years that you want to do this, um, you just you just let me know if you ever want out. Um, but if we did continue this, we get to year 2010, and thereon, it's just, like, all bands that pre-existed. Like, there's no new bands being included at all. <laughs> oh, no. I'll, I would have new bands for a little while. God, I have I'm hardly anybody. Be like metal and shit. Yeah. Well, I think, I think my last... The last new band that I liked was Foster the People and Kesha. You know, and that's, that's clearly 10 years old. Well, I got I got newer bands on that, but even then, yeah, you start kind of getting a little. It gets a you know, you say five albums, yeah, that's being generous. At yeah. Some time. <laughs> all right, so that is the end of this episode. Anywhere you want to promote anything you want to promote at all? Uh, I'm on Hive under my name, or actually under musician. I think you could find me, maybe. Dude, I just. M-Y-U-Z-I-S-H-I-O-N. I have an account there. I don't know how to shut it down. It is a fucking waste of time, in my opinion. But that's just me. Um, yeah. Now I don't know how to walk away from that one. Bye!